We don't talk about Tosh. No, 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 no. We don't talk about Tasha. But, but here I am in the closet by myself. <laughs> recording. <laughs> it was a recording day. There were, we don't know if there's clouds in the sky because okay. we're indoors. Okay. Anyways. Okay. okay. Let's go ahead and say that again. Welcome back to, to the, the Dead, Dead to the, the World, World podcast. podcast. I'm Tasha. I'm Lexi. And I'm Mama Dawn. And we are here to entertain you. Welcome to, oh, welcome Dream Team. Welcome Dream Team again. And the reason I say again is because for those who don't know, well, that'd be none of you. (laughs) We're re-recording this for a second time. Yes, because, uh, well, this is our first recording of Tasha in New Mexico and Lexi and me, Mama Dawn, in Utah. And so, you know, it, it really sucked the first time. <laughs> there were some, some bad echoing and some weird stuff. There were some technical errors, okay? I blame so, them on myself. <laughs> so just so you guys know, we love you. We want to give good content to you. Content, good quality content. So this is take two. But I'm actually kind of glad because when we recorded this, I think it was on Sunday. Now today is Tuesday, right? Yes. Yep. Yesterday, Monday, March 1st, was National Fall Asleep in Public Day. I didn't even know that existed. There's a lot of weird holidays out there, but this one, this one we can relate to. I know. So I was very ashamed of ourselves for not knowing it ahead of time. Lexi so nicely put a beautiful, funny meme out on our social media. So if you haven't looked at it yet, go look at it. It's pretty funny. Yes, I did. Go have a laugh. (laughs) Go have a laugh. Um, So how's New Mexico? Was President's Day any different? So not that I could tell. The sales were really the main factor. Like your clothing sales, your car sales, you know, everything was just furniture sales. Yes. So isn't that funny that we have celebrated President's Day by just buying things? Hey, they want the tax money. Oh. Actually, when do they do the tax off? Like a lot of places do sales where you don't pay tax. Is that usually around tax time? I think it is. I have. I idea. never knew that was a thing. Oh, you like you youngin. I'm I'm a youngin. I have some exciting news. <laughs> do tell. So as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I think uh, my husband and I were living with Mama Dawn and Daddy Dale to buy a house. Well, that we were planning to buy a house, and that process got delayed just a little bit. So now we got a new apartment. Yay! So it's sad because I don't live with them and I actually have to travel to come here to record, but I do it for you guys. Yeah, and I miss her and see Bass quite a bit, but I will adjust. What about Tucker? I miss Tucker. I just don't miss his hair. Ah, that's true. He's a hairy little guy. (laughs) Yeah, that corgi glitter gets everywhere. Sorry. Well, I'm happy that Lexi and Sebastian are now closer to Kyle and I. And then you went to New Mexico. (laughs) I know, and then I ditched. (laughs) I was going to say not at the moment, but it's all good. And Lexi, did you have an update on that kitty that Uh, you were talking about before? Yes. I had an update on the stray cat that I had talked about before that I found out actually isn't a stray cat. It does indeed have an owner and her name is Zoe, not Tommy. It is indeed a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So So, not going to steal her. No, unfortunately. Well, you can still love her when you're at work and I she comes do. to say hi. I love her very much. So all is good then. Oh, yep. all aboard is what it sounded like you were going to say. All aboard. <laughs> all aboard. <laughs> Toot. 
All aboard the story train. Are we ready to get started? We are yes. ready, Lexi. Take <laughs> it away. Was, look at that smooth transition. All right. Well, I have a question for you, ladies. Okay. What are we talking about today? <gasps> Restless leg syndrome. Oh, no. That probably sounds terrible because I'm not sure we're really synced up. But <laughs> You probably weren't, but you know, like we said before, recording in different states, give us a break. Yeah. Yes, do be kind. We're doing the best we can. Okay, so this week, as I said, we're going to talk about restless leg syndrome. So if you don't know what that is, um, restless leg syndrome, also referred to as RLS, which is how I'm going to refer to it from this point forward because it's just a little bit easier. Um, and it's also called Willis-Eckbaum disease. What? Really? But I'm going to go ahead and call it RLS. I wonder how uh, Willis, maybe that was the name of the first person who was diagnosed with restless leg. Maybe. Or, or the, the doctor who discovered doctor, her. But yeah. it does not tell me, so um, I do not know. Moving on. Moving on. So RLS causes unpleasant or uncomfortable sensations in the legs and an irresistible urge to move them. Symptoms commonly occur in the late afternoon or evening hours and are often most severe at night when a person is resting, such as sitting or lying in bed. They also may occur when someone is inactive and sitting for extended periods. For example, when taking a trip by plane or watching a movie. Or editing a podcast. Yes. Tosh would know. (laughs) So since symptoms can increase in severity during the night, it could become difficult to fall asleep or return to sleep after waking up. And moving the legs or walking typically relieves the discomfort, but the sensations often recur once the movement stops. Um, RLS is classified as a sleep disorder since the symptoms are triggered by resting and attempting to sleep. It's also a movement disorder since people are forced to move the legs in order to relieve symptoms. But it is best characterized as a neurological sensory disorder with symptoms that are produced from within the brain itself. So it has a a lot of different or it, it touches different parts of your Yeah, body. It can, it's classified as three different types of disorders, basically. Interesting. RLS is one of several disorders that can cause exhaustion and daytime sleepiness, which can strongly affect mood, concentration, job and school performance, and personal relationships. Many people with RLS report that they are often unable to concentrate, have impaired memory, or fair, f- fail to accomplish daily tasks. Untreated, moderate to severe RLS can lead to about a 20% decrease in work product activity and can contribute to depression and anxiety and it can also make traveling difficult because you know sitting on a plane sitting on a train sitting in a car that'd be a bus is it a train it's super bad (laughs) it's rls girl (laughs) it's it's to the world podcast i think that might be a little offensive bob i i was just going with the flow (laughs) don't take that personally Okay. So it is estimated that up to 7 to 10% of the U.S. population may have RLS. It occurs in both men and women, although women are more likely to have it than men, which... Go figure. We might Ugh, hint to that figure. later on. <laughs> Big surprise. So, women are tough. We deal with a lot of stuff. We really do. So that shout rhymes. out to women. Women are it tough. Do, 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 and we deal with a lot of stuff. So RLS may begin at any age and many individuals who are severely affected are middle-aged or older and the symptoms typically become more frequent and last longer with age. So the older you get, the worse it's going to get. Just like my mom always said, getting old ain't for sissies. And unfortunately, the sissies don't have a choice. (laughs) Everyone's going to get old. It is true. 
More than 80% of people with RLS also experience periodic limb movement of sleep, which can be called PLMS. Uh, PLMS is characterized by involuntary leg and sometimes arm twitching or jerking movements during sleep that typically occur every 15 to 40 seconds, sometimes throughout the entire night. So many individuals with RLS will eventually develop PLMS as well, but not all people with PM, sorry, PLMS have RLS. So okay, I think I understand. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily go both ways. Yeah, so if you have RLS, most likely eventually you'll develop the twitching, but people with the twitching don't always get restless leg syndrome. Interesting. Which doesn't really make sense to me, but science is science. You're yeah. not going to tell me it's wrong. <laughs> so fortunately, most cases of RLS can be treated with non-drug therapies. And if necessary, there are medications used to treat it. So some of the common signs and symptoms of restless legs, what might they be? Tell us, Lexi. So people with RLS feel the irresistible urge to move, which is accompanied by uncomfortable sensations in their lower limbs and are unlike normal sensations experienced by people without the disorder. The sensations in their legs are often difficult to define, but may be described as aching, throbbing, pulling, itching, crawling, or creeping. And I have heard it described as like a creepy crawling feeling before. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think Tosh, you mentioned in one of our not not so long ago episodes that you think maybe you and Kyle have a tendency towards RLS, but you haven't got diagnosed. Yeah. So both of us have tendencies for restless leg syndrome. Kyle especially gets it if he's on like a leather couch, which is weird, but I think it's because he gets hot. Um, And then like if his socks are on for too long, which again, I think will, if he gets too warm, then he starts having those tendencies. And then mine... It's just, I feel like all the time. So, interesting. You should go to the doctor. You should go to the doctor and let us know. Okay. I will do that once I get back in Utah. Okay. So that I'm not out of network. (laughs) (laughs) Although the sensations can occur on just one side of the body, they most often affect both sides. They can also alternate between sides, and the sensations range in severity from uncomfortable to irritating to painful. So because moving the legs or other affected parts of the body relieves the discomfort, people with RLS often keep their legs in motion to minimize or prevent the sensations. They may pace the floor, constantly move their legs while sitting, and toss and turn in bed. A classic feature of RLS is that the symptoms are worse at night with a distinct symptom-free period in the early morning, allowing for a more refreshing sleep. (laughs) Allowing refreshing. I don't want to know. When your poop doesn't go down the first time. No, oh, she said reflush, like oh. your skin. No, she said reflush. <laughs> like snakes. Ah. <laughs> okay. I meant they, it allows for more refreshing sleep at that time. So some people with RLS have a difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep, and they may also know a worsening of symptoms if their sleep is further reduced by events or activity. Okay. RLS symptoms may vary from day to day in severity and frequency and from person to person. In moderately severe cases, symptoms occur only once or twice a week, but often result in a significant delay of sleep onset. Yeah. A delay in sleep onset. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With some disruption of daytime function. In severe cases, RLS... 
of RLS, sorry, in severe cases of RLS, the symptoms occur more than twice a week and result in burdensome interruption of sleep and impairment of daytime function. People with RLS can sometimes experience remissions, spontaneous improvement over a period of weeks or months before symptoms reappear, usually during the early stages of the disorder. In general, however, symptoms become more severe over time. People who have both RLS and an associated medical condition tend to develop more severe symptoms rapidly. In contrast, those who have RLS that is not related to any other condition show a very slow progression of the disorder, particularly if they experience onset at an early age, many years may pass before symptoms occur regularly. Okay. So that's my information. Sweet. Well, well, thank you. Leg syndrome. So my turn now. Syndrome. Syndrome. What's it, it from, from Incredibles? Mom? It yes. is from Incredibles, yeah. Good job. But so Yes, it is your turn, Mom. Like we've done before, we found an article that had some great information, and instead of boring you by reading the whole article in one person's voice, we decided to spread it around so you get to hear multiple voices. So you can be annoyed with multiple voices. <laughs> nah. Spread love. Okay, so the website that we got the article from was nindsnih.go. And um, so I'm going to pick up what causes restless leg syndromes or syndrome. In most cases, the cause of restless leg syndrome or RL, wow, olive, <laughs> olive. In most cases, the cause of restless leg syndrome or RLS is unknown. However, RLS has a genetic component that can be found in families where the onset of the symptoms is before age 40. Specific gene variants have been associated with RLS. Evidence indicates that the low level of iron in the brain also may be responsible for RLS. So I think we talked about that in one of the recent episodes too, where somebody was saying that an iron deficiency could cause it, but it's weird that it's iron in the brain, not just iron in your body. Considerable evidence also suggests that restless leg syndrome is related to a dysfunction in one of the sectors of the brain that controls movement that use the chemical dopamine. And that area of the brain is called the basal ganglia. Basal. Not basal like... Basal pizza. Italian food basil. <laughs> basal oh. spaghetti. Not with an I. B-A-S-A-L. So dopamine is needed to produce smooth, purposeful muscle activity and movement. Disruption of these pathways frequently results in involuntary movements. Individuals with Parkinson's disease, another disorder of the basal ganglia, dopamine pathways have increased chance of developing RLS. And that just made me think of something. So my father had Parkinson's disease. And he, I don't know if he had restless leg syndrome along with that, but he did say that his, the most annoying thing about the Parkinson's disease was that his organs shook. So not only like his arms and legs and hands and stuff, but he literally could feel like his inside shaking. That is so that weird. Is, uh, that would be quite annoying. Yeah. So just a little, you know, FYI or eh, non-needed information, but uh, continuing Restless leg syndrome also appears to be related to or accompany the following factors or underlying conditions. So end-stage renal disease and hemodialysis. So that would be a disease of the kidneys. And then you're, when you're on dialysis, it could cause restless leg syndrome. Iron deficiency. Certain medications that may aggravate RLS symptoms, such as anti-nausea drugs. So I'm going to try to read these but I may not do a good job. Pro 
chlorperazine, prochlorperazine, or metaclopramide. Uh, antipsychotic drugs, which would be like your haloperidol or your phenothiazine derivatives. Antidepressants that increase serotonin, such as your fluoxetine or sertraline. Yes. And sertraline. Oh, okay. She knows her antidepressants. Well, <laughs> just kidding. It was from her previous job. With my medical job. knowledge. Yeah. Oh. Some colds and allergy medications that contain older antihistamines, like diphenhydramine, can also uh, cause it. And then, of course, we've said this before with any of our parasomnias, use of alcohol, nicotine, or caffeine can make it worse. Um, if you're pregnant, especially in the last trimester in most cases, symptoms usually disappear within four weeks after delivery. And then neuropathy, which is nerve damage. So sleep deprivation and other sleep conditions like sleep apnea also may aggravate or trigger symptoms in some people. Reducing or completely eliminating these factors may relieve the symptoms. And then how is restless leg syndrome diagnosed? So if you're thinking you might have it, listen close. Since there is no specific test for restless leg syndrome, the condition is diagnosed by a doctor's evaluation. The five basic criteria for clinically diagnosing the disorder are, one, a strong and often overwhelming need or urge to move the legs that is often associated with abnormal, unpleasant, or uncomfortable sensations. Two, the urge to move the legs starts or gets worse during rest or inactivity. Three, the urge to move the legs is at least temporarily and partially or totally relieved by movements. Four, the urge to move the leg starts or is aggravated in the evening or night. And five, the above four features are not due to any other medical or behavioral condition. So a physician will focus largely on an individual's description of the symptoms, their triggers and relieving factors, as well as the presence or absence of symptoms throughout the day a neurological and physical exam, plus information from the person's medical and family history and a list of current medications may also be helpful. Individuals may be asked about the frequency, duration, the intensity of the symptoms, if movement, if movement helps or relieves the symptoms, how many times it takes uh, to fall, oh, sorry, how much time it takes to fall asleep, any pain related to the symptoms, and a tendency towards daytime sleep sleep patterns and sleepiness, disturbance of sleep or daytime function. So laboratory tests may rule out other conditions such as kidney failure, the iron deficiency anemia, which is a separate condition from just iron deficiency, uh, or pregnancy that may be causing the symptoms of RLS. Blood tests can identify iron deficiencies as well as other medical disorders associated with RLS. And in some cases, sleep studies such as a polysomnography, a test that records the individual's brain waves along with their heartbeat, breathing, and leg movements during the whole night, may identify the presence of other causes of sleep disruption, such as sleep apnea, which we've talked about before. Uh, and this may impact the management of their disorder. Uh, periodic limb movements of sleep during a sleep study can support the diagnosis of RLS, but again, it is not exclusively seen in individuals with RLS. So diagnosing RLS in children may be especially difficult since it may be hard for the children to describe what they're experiencing, 
when and how often the symptoms occur, and how long the symptoms last. So pediatric RLS can sometimes be misdiagnosed as growing pains or attention deficit disorder. That's so interesting. I've never thought of it before that like it would kind of be just like turned away or seen as like growing pains. Yeah, I... That's interesting. And to be honest, even just being a parent and when you guys were in growth spurts, a lot of things got blamed on growing pains that may not have been growing pains. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think truth comes out. Well, no, I'm just saying we can't always tell what's going on. And doctors do sometimes say, oh, well, they're growing. That's probably all it is. Yeah. The other thing, the attention deficit disorder does make sense with the fact that you have to move to feel better. So if you're constantly moving, then... A teacher or, or a doctor may say, oh, well, you've got attention deficit disorder when, and if the child can't explain that they keep moving because their legs are being bothered, then it doesn't get treated correctly. <gasps> Maybe I have attention deficit disorder. disorder. Um, I, you could a little bit. Daddy, Daddy Dell did when he was younger. Um, except for back in those days, the medication just basically made you almost comatose. So hmm. his mom was like, I'd rather him be bouncing off the walls than be sitting around doing nothing. So, right. but he, he's grown out of it as he's gotten older. So, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think you have that hmm. or at least not bad. If it's you probably do. just growing pains. <laughs> at this point you're like, mm, no, I'm just kidding. All right. So that was my part of that article. Do you want to take it away? Tasha Washa? Tasha Washa? Yeah. What am I doing? Wishy-washy washer washing my clothes? She's Tasha the Squasha. Hi, I'm Tasha. And Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Tasha. And just to paint a picture for everybody, I am in our little apartment closet. I have a little like dresser that I have the microphone attached to and the laptop. And then I have a purple blanket hovered, or what would you say? Covering your head? Covering my head, but it's like attached to the, like the top of the closet, so it's just kind of hanging. Uh, so this is her uh, dampening so you don't get echoing, like on the first recording. Yes, and also I do just want to make everyone known or make it known that whenever we get... People get hot when we podcast, okay? And I'm not talking about my looks. I'm talking about <laughs> it's hot in here and then I have a blanket over my head. It's even worse. So you're getting a little sweaty, is that what you're saying? <sighs> yes, but anyways, let's continue. Ew. So how is restless leg syndrome treated? So it can be treated with care directed towards, of course, relieving the symptoms. So moving your affected limb may provide temporal, temporary, temporary relief, let's say. <laughs> temporal relief. <laughs> is, it, is it a temporal time slip? <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, uh, go I ahead. just want to throw something in real quick. On our first recording, I accidentally said uh, remove the affected limb instead of move. <laughs> and Lexi thought, like, amputation. What? It was so funny. But anyways, it was funny. I just, it, it was a great moment. Okay. Um, so sometimes RLS symptoms can be controlled by finding and treating it with a medical, um, like, oral type of medication. Um, it could also be uh, because of diabetes or iron deficiency, as mom mentioned, or because of another medical condition. So it kind of is going to depend on, is you, do you have something else going along with it or not? Okay. Um, yeah. Iron supplements or medications are usually usually helpful, but no single one medication will effectively like manage RLS for all individuals. So there is going to be like trial and error with different drugs, um, and you know one that you may take regularly may lose effect over time 
And so sometimes it could make the condition worse or a change in medication would be beneficial. Um, lifestyle changes, of course. So, you know, activities could provide some relief. Those would include maybe decreasing the use of alcohol or tobacco, changing or maintaining like a regular sleep pattern, um, a program of exercise or massaging the legs, taking a warm bath, using a heating pad or an ice pack could be some ways to temporarily relieve some of your RLS symptoms. There are some medical devices that have been cleared by uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, and that would include a foot wrap. And so it puts pressure underneath the foot. And then another is a pad that delivers vibrations to the back of the legs. Um, and so those are just like a few devices that have been approved. Like some external things yeah, that you can do, not stuff. drugs. Yeah, not drugs. <laughs> um, iron, as we've mentioned a few times, for those individuals with low or low normal blood tests, um, a trans transferrin saturation or a trial of iron supplements is recommended. Um, and sometimes if that doesn't necessarily work, uh, they do um, iron IV. So IVs, iron IVs. So Interesting. And just to make this clear, if you think you might have restless leg syndrome, don't just go start taking iron. Please go to your doctor and have it officially diagnosed. Yeah, they do say that a common side effect of like just taking iron when maybe you don't necessarily need it or even maybe just if it's not the right dose or whatever it could be, um, it can affect an upset stomach, um, also could um, cause like constipation. So just make sure you talk with your doctor. Been there, done that. Just saying. <laughs> Anti-seizure drugs are becoming a first-line prescription drug to use for RLS. Um, the FDA has approved gabapentin, okay. which is a pain medication, essentially. Yeah, I think is that for like nerve neuropathy? Yeah, my cat actually takes that. I knew that sounded familiar. That Barrel was why. Takes yeah, that for his Because of the thing with his paw, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. Um, there also have been no reports of any problems up to date with progressive worsening symptoms due to like any medications. But of course, like there's not a whole lot of research yet going on with that. So who knows? In the future, some things may not be the best, but we don't know yet really. So drugs which increase dopamine effects are largely used, just kind of like mom mentioned. Um, they also are used to treat Parkinson's disease. Um, and have been shown to reduce symptoms for RLS when taken at nighttime. And the FDA has approved those as well. Good to know. Um, those type of drugs are generally well tolerated, but they could cause nausea, dizziness, or other short-term effects. And although dopamine-related medications are effective, long-term they could be used as, or long-term use could worsen symptoms or may include like other secondary problems, which as all medications kind of can, depending on how you're taking them or how long you're taking them. So, Yeah, so it kind of gets to a point where you have to decide if the side effects that you're getting from the oral medications is worse than the original. symptoms you're having with Ex the restless leg. Yeah, exactly. So opioids are also used to treat RLS. And so these drugs would be codeine, hydrocodone, or oxycodone. And they would be used to treat individuals with more severe symptoms or maybe for those who didn't respond well to like previous or first off medications. Okay. Of course, there is a risk for addiction. So um, they do just obviously make that well known. And then of course, controlling symptoms for RLS, they actually only use like a low dose of pain medication. And so a lot, I guess, is not needed according to this article. 
So what is the prognosis for people with restless leg syndrome? So RLS is generally a lifelong condition. Um, so there is treatments, but there is no cure. Uh, current therapies can control the disorder and minimize your symptoms or, and increase periods of restful sleep. Symptoms may gradually worsen with age, although the decline may be somewhat faster for individuals who are already suffering from an associate, an associated medical condition. Okay, so if you've got, if you're already predisposed to restless leg syndrome and then you end up with another condition like the Alzheimer's or something, it can make it worsen even faster. Um, and then if RLS symptoms are mild or do not produce such significant like daytime discomfort or don't like affect the ability of you to sleep or you know, such and such, then it may not be treated. It really just depends, I guess, on your condition and how serious it may be. Yeah, it makes sense, like with everything. If it's not really disrupting your life, then usually no treatment's the best treatment. Yeah, sometimes. So, and then Or of treating course, it with lifestyle. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Okay, perfect. Um, and then just what research is being done. So, you know, this website we're talking about or got our information from is the NINDS, which is the National Institute of Neurological Disorders um, and Strokes. So they um, believe or seek fundamental knowledge about the brain and its nervous system, and they use that to reduce the burdens of neurological diseases. Um, and so they believe that a direct direct cause of RLS is often unknown, but changes in the brain or pathways are likely to contribute to the disease. So they're learning more about it, but don't really quite have it down yet. Yeah, they do believe there is a relationship between genetics and RLS. However, however currently there's no like genetic testing for it, so they can't really like prove that, but that's kind of what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is ongoing help and research research to discover genetic relationships to better understand the cause. Well, it's nice that they're working on it. Yeah, because it's one of those things, like if Kyle and I, let's just say, do have it, it's one of those things you can't really explain. Like, yeah, the creepy crawly or like you have to move your leg because it's uncomfortable. But like, I think there's no really way to really describe what it feels like if you haven't like really experienced it yourself. Mm-hmm. So just kind of, kind of like if you try to explain a color to someone and they don't know the color or the taste of something and they never tasted it before, mm-hmm. it's like, that's yeah. not, it's not really helpful, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's all I had. So I think we're going to wrap around back to Lexi, right? You got some stories. Yes. Perfect. I have a story for you guys. I just got it off of Reddit and then kind of like how Mama Don, I believe mentioned it is, um, restless leg syndrome is very common. In pregnant women while they're pregnant. So I got a story from Reddit user extension-use2221 and it was in a group called Baby Bump about pregnancy. Um, she says, I'm 33 weeks and have been getting up, sorry, have been getting maybe two hours of sleep per night if I'm lucky because my nerves let me start over. <laughs> Your nerves? What's a nerve? <laughs> my nerves. <laughs> my nerves are getting the best of me right now. I'm 33 weeks and have been getting maybe two hours of sleep per night if I am lucky because my nerves are absolutely on fire. I have always had RLS but have been 
but have been able to control it mostly with Advil. Now that I can't take Advil, I'm having the same symptoms as RLS, not only in my legs and feet, but in my arms. I also feel neurologia in different areas of my body on my skin. Has anyone experienced this? Any remedies? And then she listed off some things that she's tried. So she said, I'm on slow FE iron supplements. I've tried Tylenol, magnesium, both the pills and lotions, and I've tried potassium. I've also tried shaking it out or moving around, but literally nothing helps. I fall asleep and five minutes later wake up because my limbs are on fire jumping and I have to move them. I am so frustrated and feeling so hopeless. This week, my total time spent sleeping was less than 10 hours. I feel like I'm losing it. Oof. And then everyone in the comments was super nice and suggested different things. And I don't really feel the need to share their responses. I just wanted to share from someone firsthand who is experiencing it and how frustrating it can be. So when it said she was uh, suffering for neurology, what was Neuro- neurologia? So that's probably like the neuropathy, like some nerve pain. Yeah, didn't you mention it? I did mention okay. nerve pain. Yeah, I was that was just say, a different word. Like support oh. for your like nerves or something. Mm-hmm. And then one more quick thing that I wanted to share that I saw during my research. Um, if you happen to be dealing with RLS, it seems that a lot of people reported that taking melatonin actually would make their restless leg syndrome worse. That's interesting. So, I mean, I can see myself using that to help me fall asleep if I had it, but apparently for a lot of people, it makes it worse. So just something to note. Interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, that was my story. Oh, Oh, okay. My turn? Your turn. Okay. So I found an article on healthline.com and it goes over three different people and their experience with restless leg syndrome. And the person writing the article also asked them some questions that they answered. So... um, As RLS affects each sufferer in different ways, Helpline talked to three RLS patients to get a picture of how the disorder affects their day-to-day lives and how they deal with it. Wendy Murray, Linda Leakey, and Carrie Gobel all have experienced some of the typical problems RLS patients suffer, including difficulty getting diagnosed and difficulty finding appropriate treatment. However, taking different approaches to the disease, they have all learned to cope effectively. Their stories paint a collective portrait of RLS today. So Wendy Murray... Retired attorney and New Jersey resident Wendy Murray first started experiencing RLS symptoms in the mid-1990s. At first, they flared up only once or twice a year when she was experiencing stress. She relied on over-the-counter painkillers to help relieve the condition, but during an episode, she would often be unable to sleep or participate in everyday activities until she could get the symptoms to subside. I basically treated myself in the beginning by buying a massage chair, she says. I asked my various doctors what the uncontrollable feeling could be, but no one had any clue what I was talking about. Eventually, her RLS worsened, and she sought out treatment for what was then a relatively unknown condition. After years of suffering and multiple misdiagnoses, a neurologist was finally able to make a definitive assessment of RLS. Now, with the help of medication, Murray is able to control her symptoms and advises anyone who thinks they might be suffering from RLS to seek help from their doctor or neurologist. So the first question to Wendy was, have you reached a point in your treatment where you consider your RLS to be under control? She says, occasionally, some of the RLS pain comes through. For instance, recently, I broke my ankle and a few days... And for a few days, I did not take any medication. I noticed that a week or so later, some of the RLS pain came back. 
Needless to say, it is a top priority now that I remember to take it every day. However, I am aware that it may not work forever and that I may need to up the dose or change medications. The next question, what misconceptions do you think people have about RLS? She says, the TV commercials make it sound like it's imaginary. And since the symptoms cannot be detected with any kind of laboratory testing, people may think it's a psychological rather than a physical problem. Describing it is like trying to explain the feeling you get on a Ferris wheel when you lose your stomach. Most people have had that feeling, so they know what you mean. But if you'd never been on a Ferris wheel, imagine how hard it would be to describe. So that's what you were talking about, Tasha. Yeah, it's just like super hard to describe if you don't know what it is or haven't experienced it yourself. And then they asked, what advice would you give to others who might be experiencing the same symptoms? Uh, She says, I would suggest reading about it online, finding the buzzwords so that you can communicate with your physician in terms he or she can understand as being RLS and getting treatment. And then next was Linda Leakey. Linda Leakey, a grandmother and a registered nurse who runs her own healthcare publishing business, has had RLS for as far back as she could remember. When she was a child, it was so bad that she had to ask her brother to sit on her legs until they fell asleep. The resulting pins and needles were easier to take than the restless legs, she said. Isn't that a little crazy? That you would prefer somebody to sit on your legs and make them go to sleep. Yeah, that's so, I mean. Instead of feel the restless leg feeling. Yeah, right. because the feeling of your feet being asleep, in my opinion, is absolutely horrible. Agreed. So I can only imagine, like, I don't, I don't want to know what, I'm very grateful I don't have restless leg syndrome. Wow. It wouldn't come <laughs> out, but I finally did it. <laughs> well, um, her solution was ingenious. Rather than disturb everyone, she would grab two bath towels and wrap them tightly around her lower legs. I don't remember how I came up with this fix as a five-year-old child, but it helped minimize the sensations long enough for me to go to sleep. Now, as a nurse, I know that compression stockings help some RLS sufferers, so I guess my bath towel served in that capacity. That's funny. Which I also find funny. She ended up being a nurse, so she must just have an aptitude towards like healthcare. Like Even at five years old, she was kind of like, oh, I bet if I do this, it'll help. Anyway... Anyway, she was a, what do they call An entrepreneur in her own health life industry. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, I was going to say she was a prodigy. Like healthcare came easy to her. I don't know. So back then she had no idea that her situation was abnormal. Her mother brushed it off as growing pains. As a teenager, she broached the subject with their family physician who ran a few blood tests and proclaimed her fit and let her go at that. As an adult, it got worse. She couldn't stand having her legs confined. Driving in a car or flying in an airplane for any length of time could be stressful. Even two hours in a movie theater could bring on sensations lessening the enjoyment of the movie. So the questions asked to her were, at what point did you seek treatment and how long did it take before you were diagnosed with RLS? She says, in 1997, I was diagnosed with a benign lumbar spinal tumor, which required a 17-hour surgery. After the operation, the RLS went from an occasional problem, maybe a couple of times per week, to a daily occurrence. RLS began to rob me of sleep every night, leaving me exhausted and foggy-headed during the day. In addition, the sensations of RLS started coming on during the daytime hours, and including not just my legs, but also my arms. The lack of quality sleep affected all aspects of my life. I discussed the problem with my neurologist, and he was the first person to officially diagnose me with RLS. 
And then she was asked, what misconceptions do you think people have about RLS? She says, comedians make jokes about RLS like it's a fake condition, that it's all in people's heads. I have also read serious articles theorizing that RLS was made up by the drug companies in order to sell prescription drugs. Obviously, those people have never suffered from RLS. It is real indeed. To describe it to someone who does not have RLS, I say, imagine that you were buried alive in a tight space. All you can think about is how you wish you could move your limbs, shift your position, and how you'll go absolutely crazy if you can't. This is how RLS feels to me. I simply have to move my legs or I'll go nuts. Another misconception is that RLS affects only adults. While RLS does tend to get worse with age, I am living proof that it can affect children. And then the last question to her was, what advice would you give others who might be experiencing the same symptoms? She says, learn all you can about RLS. Try to treat yourself for various triggers that can worsen the condition, such as caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, and sugar. You may get lucky and hit a lifestyle change that decreases your RLS symptoms. If people tease you about RLS, take it in stride. They just don't understand. Find a physician who will listen and advise you. If that's not your family physician, then seek out a neurologist. After all, RLS is a disorder of the nervous system. And finally, Carrie Gobel. Seven years ago, 47-year-old software executive Carrie Gobel began seriously dreading long car and plane rides, eventually even sitting on her desk, or sorry, sitting at her desk. I guess we don't often sit on our desks. Well, I don't know. Well, you <laughs> so eventually sitting at her desk was difficult. Always a runner, she found that if she skipped a day of running, the urge to move her legs would worsen and prevent her from falling asleep. She discovered she had RLS because she also had multiple autoimmune disorders, and her general physician had sent her to a rheumatologist who diagnosed her with RLS. So she was asked, how much of an impact does your RLS have on your life and general well-being? She said, I, it can be an annoyance, but overall, I think it was a gift of sorts. The condition forces me to be very active. It's hard to sit for long periods of time, so I am always doing something. I try to run or practice yoga for at least an hour every day. For me, this really helps to alleviate the symptoms. Sometimes it's tough to schedule in a workout, but I really regret it if I don't. Sitting at the desk is difficult, so I sit on a fit ball at my desk and roll it around all day long. I try to schedule business travel in the afternoon so that I can run for an hour in the morning before boarding the plane. The doctor prescribed medication, but I am able to control the RLS with lifestyle, so I don't take anything. Good for her. Yeah. So that was three very different, you know, people's experiences. So, I mean, just like with any disease, everybody's bodies, you know, react differently. So you just have to, you know, if you're worried about it and think you might have it, go get it checked out and, and then, you know, do what's best for you. Well, and obviously you. we think it's real. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Just saying people, like people who think it's not a real thing, I, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Well, and it was, I thought it was interesting just from the beginning when I was looking into parasomnias when we started doing the podcast is that I didn't realize restless leg syndrome was a parasomnia. I thought that, um, yeah, it just seemed weird. So every time I would find a list or we would talk in our past episodes would say, oh yeah, you know, it's a parasomnia, like sleepwalking, sleep talking and restless leg syndrome. So it's about time we did an episode about it. And we did. And we did. 
All right. So hopefully this one turned out beautiful and you were listening to it right now and loving it. Yes. And just remember, I'm here in a closet dying, sweating, trying not to move as much as possible. Yeah, she keeps smacking her microphone. (laughs) Sorry, it's hard. It's like, I'm in a little confined space. Yeah. Nope, you're doing a good job. Thank you. So if you guys want to tell us about your restless leg leg syndrome journey or have any other information to share with us, email that to deadtotheworldpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on our social medias, all of them, at deadtotheworldpodcast. And our website is deadtotheworldpodcast.com. Oh, and also join our Dead to the World Facebook page. D-T-T-W Dream Team. Yes. Okay, I'm going to say that again because that was rough. Go ahead. D as in dog. T as in Tom. T as in Tom. W as in Waldo. D-T-T-W. Not Dead to the World, of course. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know what that is. This is an inside joke. Yeah, we love it. All right, well... Join us next week to find out what happens when we are dead to the world. 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 Dead to the world.